What's up, Browns fans? Welcome to the Dogs Podcast. Let's kick this thing off. Welcome to the Dogs Podcast with your hosts, Blake Reniker, Zach Kopp, Justin Charles, and Josh All. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Dogs. We have a good season one finale lined up for you guys today. As you can see, we have a very special guest today in the studio. <laughs> yeah. Zach Cop finally back. It's good to it's good to see you. I thought maybe you disappeared. I was about to put out a missing persons report. All right, yeah. I'm glad to be back. A few if, weeks off. I had a few weeks of uh, paid vacation. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, it feels good to have all the dogs back in the studio for the finale. Uh, before we jump into this show, remember to check us out on Facebook. If you like what you see, please share. That helps us out a ton. That's the biggest thing you can do to help out the show is share the episodes. Uh, check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and please subscribe on YouTube. We want to give a huge shout out to all the new listeners and subscribers we've picked up on YouTube the last few weeks. We have listeners from Iceland to Canada all the way out to Arizona. We can't thank you guys enough for helping us grow this show into something special. It's gone bigger than anything we ever could have dreamed of when we started this you know, six months ago. So again, thank you guys so much. Uh, if you'd like to get your thoughts on the show, remember you can drop us a voicemail on our website, www.thedogspodcast.com. Uh, we have a few more we're going to play today. We always enjoy getting them, hearing what you guys had to say. It's a ton of fun for us to hear you guys. Um, if you're listening to the show, if just listening to the show is more your style, you can catch us on Apple, Spotify, Google, uh, add us to your library, maybe drop us a review. I think we got one review on there, so maybe we can double that and get up to two. A whopping one. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, and lastly, we want to say thank you to Thrive Fantasy for sponsoring us this first season. Um, even though the NFL season is over, you can still use our promo code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S, to get your 100% match on your deposit of $20 or more, up to 50 bucks. Play an NBA or any other sport you're into. So even though the NFL season's done, hop on Thrive. You can still play. You can still use our promo code. And big thanks to them for uh, being our first official sponsor. Again, didn't think we'd ever get one sponsor. Not not alone one of schools Thrive. So big shout out to them. Nope. And uh, big announcements coming in season two of the show, which will be eh, April-ish. We'll, we'll let you guys know when that's starting. Right. Yeah, we're going to take a couple weeks off when we come back. We got some big new, new stuff is, yeah. we're going to roll out. Yeah, it's going to be cool. Yeah, yep. season two... We're going bigger. Uh, the uh, the network upped our, our budget. <laughs> so, you right. know, we're going to have, have more special effects, more CGI, uh, maybe be able to hire some better talent. Maybe season two will be different people. <laughs> no. uh, so, like I mentioned, we have some voicemails we want to get into today um, before we get into the Mad Dog Awards. So, again, thanks for calling into the show. If you like what you hear, you want to get your voice on the show again, Go to www.thedogspodcast.com. The link's right there on there. You just click on it, record your voicemail, send it to us. We'll play it live on the show. That's right. First one is from Michael. I want to talk about how we can't afford probably Richard Higgins, Jarvis Landry, and Odell Beckham. Uh, I feel like Richard Higgins and Landry are both small, like slower players. And, uh, in that manner, similar. Odell's the only one that really was speed and Cardell Hodge. Um, but it seems like we're going to have to let either Rashad or Landry go, as much as that pains me, since I actually like Landry better than Beckham. What are your thoughts? What are our thoughts? This is a tough one for me. This is a very tough one for me because 
I agree with him that, you know, Higgins and Landry, kind of the same mold. Um, not necessarily when it comes to, like, slot receiver type, but they're not they're not really burners as far as deep threats take the lid off the defense. Um, so if we can't afford to keep three, which one do we keep? I, I'm afraid to lose Jarvis because of what he's meant to the team as far as changing the, the culture and what he means to the locker room. Yeah, um, you still have the numbers. We talked about, like, what do they actually cost? Uh, yeah, I sent it. I mean, I could kind of wing it off the top of my head. I sent it to you guys the other day. You did. So Odell was right, I want to say, under 16 after, you know, the initial contract, bonuses, all that stuff. Jarvis was actually, like, right under 15, and then this is million, and then uh, Higgins was actually, like, 910000 Right. Which is wild. Higgins is going to cost more than nine hundred ten thousand oh. if we want to resign him. Yep, he's but not I, gonna, yeah, he's not going to be at that level though of Jarvis and no, no. no, no. no. What, but, what, what yeah. do we see for Higgins? Two, three. Yeah, Two I was say mids, yeah. mids, millions somewhere yep, in there. Yep. Uh, man, I don't, I don't want to lose any of. Can I just throw this out there? There's got to be a way to fandangle these contracts to keep all of them. The Rams. I mean, look at the Rams. At one point, they were paying Gurley, Goff, uh, Ramsey, Donald. Brandon Cooks, uh, Robert Woods. They're paying all these guys. Why can't we got to be able to wait to figure it out? Yeah, and I don't know what their numbers, you know, were and everything. But I know when we were talking the other day with Justin sent over just Landry and Beckham. Those two, uh, their combined their percent percentage of the total team cap was roughly seventeen percent. So almost one fifth of the cap we've got dedicated to two receivers. That, I mean, that's that's a significant chunk. So I, I, I'm obviously on the re- – I've been on the record saying I want to bring Odell back. I think we kind of all agree that we want to see what he can do. Um, but do you keep Higgins and Landry if maybe you could bring in – I don't know, I'm just throwing like a Will Fuller. Obviously, so, he's not on the same talent as Odell, but I feel like – He'll play he the same number of games. <laughs> I feel like he'll fit – he fits the, the kind of system we need. We need that burner that take the lid off the defense coming. So do we need a top talent like Odell to do what we need him to do, or do we just need you know a Will Fuller, a Deshaun Jackson? I'm not saying Deshaun Jackson now because he's getting old, but that type of player. Uh, the, go ahead. I was going to say, well, the way I, Baker played, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, 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 I do think that the Browns offense needs that type of player. You know, is Odell still that guy? I don't know if Odell still is that guy that over-the-top, you know, burner down the field. I don't, I don't know because, I mean, he's few injuries in now. Into his career. Before so, he got hurt this year, though, he was explosive. Yeah, I know, but was he over the top, like, throwing bombs, or was he just, he could get separation and then he just beat you in the slot type of a thing? Because nobody covers him one-on-one. <clears throat> That's a big thing about Odell. So, I, me personally, if it's me, I like Higgins. I like the relationship between him and Baker. I don't want to lose that. Um, the relationship, you know, between Baker and Odell, do we, do we still know, you know, at this point? You know what that is. So, and Landry, obviously, he's he can work with anybody. So, I like Landry Higgins. I really don't want to see them go. I kind of like the idea of, hey, could we maybe get somebody else a little cheaper, you know, to fill that role that we're looking for, Odell? Um, but, yeah, it's t- that's tough. It's that's, a tough decision. That's the thing. If you play the eye test, like you said, there's two relationships with yep. receivers that we've seen play out and are successful, and there's one we haven't. So. Right. Yeah. So I mean, it's tough. Yeah. Losing Odell is not, you know what? I mean, I, I I don't want to just give him away. No. But if it meant if it meant that we were able to keep you know 
all these pieces over here intact to have to maybe lose this one. Especially, like I said, if you can find a burner cheaper. Right, yeah. I mean, honestly, you don't need a great route runner. You're just looking for a guy, hey, are you faster than any cornerback that's going to line up against you? Because if that's so, that's kind of what we need you to do. So I think it's interesting, too, since you have Baker and Ward coming up with options. I think that's going to help kind of, I mean, open up a little bit of room. Right. Possibly. For, yeah. For uh, right this, now. Yeah. For right now. Yep. But let me just throw some names out there. Let's say we move off of Odell. Because I don't think that Jarvis, I don't think you can move off of Jarvis just based yeah. on the chemistry. I think what he too, brings to the locker room. I think, yes, he's that, leadership I, think the locker room. I think the fan pay, the fan base would go nuts if yeah. he got rid of Jarvis Landry. I mean, he's fan favorite. Yeah. Yes. Mid November, he every all the analysts are saying he will be a cut. Uh, like a salary cap ca- casualty for the Browns. Every, I literally everyone. I couldn't believe it. I was like, "There's no way that this could happen." Right. But he also, he had a you know really good end of the season. Yeah, we're not uh, we're not <clears throat> the Indians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Jeez. let me just throw a couple of names out there. So obviously, you know, you have Odell at 16. This guy is coming up with uh, free agency, and Allen Robinson. Yeah. Okay. What about a Sammy Watkins? What about well, a Will Fuller? Sammy. Will Fuller's, Will Fuller, Will I like Fuller Will. and he he's can just at, stay out of trouble. Yeah, yep. two and a half million was his contract, which is yeah. crazy. Obviously, you know if he stays in Houston, which I don't think anybody's staying in Houston right now. Yeah, there's uh, link like some of those teams that those guys are linked to, like that you just mentioned, like an Allen Robinson going to Baltimore. Man, oh I my hope. gosh, yeah. <laughs> um, and even another one that's kind of crazy, and a lot I think a lot of people will say there's no way uh, that Cleveland takes this risk. Of, what about Antonio Brown? Nah, fam. I know. I know, but he, he was the... He's a champion. He was the seventh best receiver once he came back from the suspension. I, I don't want that. We You guys have done nothing but talk about the headache that Odell is, this made-up face right, of yeah. headache. No, no, no. And I'm you want to bring yeah. in Antonio Brown? Yeah, yeah but hey, if we go back, to, we were kind of talking before the show recent episodes, you wanted Earl Thomas, so easy, what you want to bring into your locker room, but I yeah. agree. I, I Odell... Antonio Brown from three, four years ago before we knew everything? Of yeah, course. Absolutely. Now, uh, I don't know. Somebody's going to give him money, uh, Antonio Brown money, if he doesn't stay. If he doesn't want to yeah. stay there. They're saying his contract will be like two, three million for yeah. the year. The guy uh, was making 20. <laughs> yeah. It's just kind of crazy. And Godwin. Godwin's another one. Obviously, another slot receiver, maybe, you know. So do you. I think Godwin's going to get a big payday. He is absolutely. I think so get, too. I think he'll go yeah. and be like a number one. I know he's been linked to that. The Patriots are doing whatever he wants. He's going to get yep. if he wants to go there. Yep. Now I was just looking up Robinson. Allen Robinson's salary was fourteen million. So I yep. mean, it's not much different from Odell. So just keep him. So might yeah. as well just keep him. So that's why I think maybe a Will Fuller might be be what we're talking about. He'd be that cheaper burner that. Well, are you, are you was having a very he, solid yeah. season before you know. I think he gets more money too this year. That you know what I yeah, mean. I he's going to get a big contract. He, Who, Robinson? He was, no, Fuller. Fuller, Fuller yeah, yeah, yeah. was he was injury prone. He yeah. wasn't the number one guy because they still had Hopkins. Yeah. Then he kind of flourished into that role this year when they got rid of Hopkins, and then he obviously got in some trouble. But I think you know for him, he's probably going to get eight to nine. I think. I, you yeah, think at least. so? Even with yeah. the PED suspension, people are going to be. Ner- Injury history and now PD suspension, you think he's going to get that big of a payday? If you're a team that's got the money, I know like one team that was actually looking to trade for him at the deadline was the Packers. They wanted him. Yeah. And, you know, if they got a little bit of money to spend to add him to Devontae Adams, I mean, man. But I agree. Free agency is going to be 
really fun this oh, year. Oh, yeah. It's, it's going to be really fun I, this year. I'm just hoping – I want the Browns to just pick up Baker's option. So this, this yep. we got one more year to run it back with this squad before we got to make any of these tough decisions. I think that everybody comes back, honestly. You know I know I mean? it sounds crazy, but I think that next year – there's a fandangle these contracts. Th- throw this money they want in incentive stuff that doesn't go against the, the cap hit. You know, give it to them in a signing bonus. Do do whatever you gotta do to to make it work. Like I said, the Rams were paying like ten max contracts on their team. We yeah, were wondering how are they paying all these. You people? hear every year about these these star players that restructure their contracts with the team, you know, and all that kind of stuff, just to make it a little more team friendly. So well, all I guess that we'll kind of stuff can happen too, right? Well, so hey, to answer your question. Caller, what was his name, Kyle? That was Michael. Michael, we don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's a, it, it's a great question. I mean, that's a question to ask, you I mean, know, could, somebody could, in the organization yeah, what you're going to do. Absolutely. That could be an episode because, yeah. I mean, I really, I could get into that kind of stuff all day about. Breaking down our different yeah, money. I, I, we think, yeah. I think kind of what we agreed on, though, is like Higgins has to be a priority for Baker. Of the three, though, he's probably the least talented. Hey, yeah. I'd oh say, yeah, yeah. I would I say I would say that. yeah. He's the least talented, but has the best relationship with your quarterback. So you're, yeah. you're you're in that fine line. Okay, hey, let's say we let him walk. What's that do to our wide receiver core? I say that's debatable because I think the chemistry with Jarvis is very very strong too. The biggest thing for me with Higgins is the let's just hope nobody offers him big money. Right. You know what I mean? If, if we come he's in, another at, kind of a problem guy too. Yeah. If we come in, if we come into free agency and some teams like. There's ten million at Higgins. It's like, man, we're not going to pay Higgins ten million, right? You know, we need him to hit free agency and crickets. You know, nobody's calling for him, or they're offering a million. Then he's like, okay, maybe I'll just stay in Cleveland, right? That, that's best case scenario. Yep. All right. So what else we got? All right. So now we've got Kyle calling in. I'd like to talk about the Deshaun Watson and Baker trade. I don't understand how people can want to trade Baker after the year we just had and how long it's taken Browns to get back to the year we had. I know this is the first time I've ever got to see it. I never got to see the golden ages of the Browns. But for everyone that's saying they want to trade Baker for Deshaun, I I just don't really understand it. Deshaun, before Mahomes' is half a billion dollar contract, he was the one that had the best contract in sports. And then he goes on his First down year as a Texan, he already wants out, so I'm not sure why we want to bring him in, waste all of our cap space on him, and then the first year we don't get what he wants, he's going to want out of there. And about Odell, I really hope he can get cemented in this offense and he isn't the distraction everyone says he is, and he can be that big-time playmaker that we need. But if we have to trade him, I'd be fine with it maybe strengthen up our defense a little but i just want to say thank you guys for such a great year i hope you guys keep it up well we plan to yeah right i guess maybe we're being a little bit yeah yeah. (laughs) way to take that compliment blake and run with it yeah (laughs) so the the baker for you know deshaun debate I don't think any of us were actually saying that we should trade baker for deshaun my argument was if it fell into your lap, it's not as cut and dry, yes or no, as people as some people were making it seem. There's Browns fans that actively are saying they should do it. But my thing is that as long if you're throwing in all the picks and all that, and I know we've argued about this, but like it doesn't make sense for me if you throw away your number one receiver, your franchise quarterback, two first rounders and a fourth 
for Deshaun Watson. No, yeah. I mean, in my take on that, I know I wasn't here for your guys' uh, discussion on this trade. I mean, straight up, Baker, Deshaun Watson, who's better is Deshaun, Deshaun Watson, Watson yeah. every day of the week. Yes. Um, and it's not really, it's not close. I mean, that guy takes you to win. He, I mean, Houston's aren't as good as a team as what the Browns are and haven't been. Yeah, they had, you know, Hopkins. But really, other than that, that was pretty much it. Yeah. You know, and he he had the Chiefs down. What was it? Twenty to nothing last 20, year. Twenty four nothing. Twenty four nothing last yep. year in the playoffs. I mean, this guy. Obviously, there's teams out there that are throwing. You, you know, that are going to make big deals for him. Houston doesn't want to get rid of him. Houston's pretty much saying, "Hey, they're going to call his bluff and see if he's really going to yep. not report and sit out." Yep. Is kind of where it looks like it's heading because they don't want to get rid of him. Um, for how Kyle made the comment of, you know, he had a down, bad year, he didn't like how things went, and he wanted out. I think he's just kind of realizing, um, and we're seeing it more around the league now, that guys just don't want to stand pat and just be like, okay, well, I'm just ha- content with w- playing football, making, you know, a lot of money. Like, there's guys out there that all they want to do is win. So if they feel like they're not going to win, they're going to say, okay, hey, I went out because I only got, you know, what, eight? years left that I can do this at a high level, um, and I want to win. Don't want to be the next Matthew Stafford. Right. And and another thing to comment on that, I don't think it's necessarily that they had a down year record-wise. I think the, the organization has lost his trust. I think they've told him things, made him promises, and then done the opposite when it comes to that kind of stuff. And, you know, when you, you break trust, it's hard to get it back. So I don't think it's necessary. I don't think he's going. Oh, we won four games. That's why I want out. I think he's going. They told me they were going to do this. They did this. They told me they were going to do this. They did this. And you know, I can't. I'm not going to deal with this anymore. And this is something that I mean, analysts and people that I've listened to have been sort of cautioning people about for a couple of years now with the Bill O'Brien stuff and kind of the bonehead moves he's mm-hmm. made. Is like. You know, be careful what you guys are doing because you are going to, like you said, lose that trust to your franchise quarterback whenever he sees the front office making moves that are just head scratchers. It's like, yeah. what are you guys really trying to do here? Yep, no, I agree. Um, and you can kind of see it. Another quarterback is kind of a little bit different, but Russell Wilson kind of coming out and saying, hey, yeah. I want more say on what's going on because I'm tired of, you know, I, I'm tired of not having a say or taking all these hits because yeah. we're not putting together a championship team. And that's Russell Wilson. I mean, he is Seattle. Yep. To, to me, players players play, coaches coach, GM's GM. Okay, so I don't necessarily think players should have a, a ton of same personnel decisions. We kind of saw that worked out for Cleveland and LeBron and the Cavs. LeBron demanded all these his buddies get paid after they won the championship, and then it wrecked our future because we gave J.R. Smith and Tristan Thompson unbelievable money. So I'm going to go on I said that you brought that up. I think that the reason LeBron isn't in Cleveland is because he didn't have the relationship with Dan Gilbert. They don't like those two guys. Really, they hate each other. They don't like each other no, at all. I get that. But that being said, they gave they gave him whatever he wanted, and then it, it wrecked our future. We're yeah, still, well, hey, we're we, still, got we got that. We got that championship. Would you trade? <laughs> would you trade all that money or a low ball? No, no, Indians, no, Indians contracts for no, here, one no, championship. But he, I'm talking about post championship. Who cares? We got one. That's all I need, bro. In my yeah. life, that's I never thought we'd see a Cleveland no, championship. No, but that's, that's not the point. That's not okay. the point I'm making. Okay. The point I'm making is if the you organi- give them too much power, the organization gave one player too much power. Yeah. We sold out for all these contracts. That player still bounced. Yeah. And now the Cavs are still paying for it. That's well, that's why players play GMs, GM, coaches, coach. It, it, 
Yeah, that's a real, I mean, you're right. Because if you think about sports, football is like a business. I mean, you know, the manager might come, you know, we got a new spot we're going to hire for. They might say, hey, here's a couple people we're looking at. We want to kind of see how you gel with them. But at the end, you're not making a decision. The manager's making decisions. Yes. You know? And, but that being said, you know what I just said, you know, players play. If the organization tells this player yeah. you're going to have a say in it, you better give him the say in right. it. You can't then go behind his back and hire somebody without consulting him when you told him you were going to. So I don't think Deshaun should be demanding to have a say in player acquisition and coach acquisition and GM and stuff like that. But you told him he could, so you right. better let him do it. Or this right. is what ha- or this is what happened. And I think it, too, he kind of just said, "Hey, I really like this guy. Can you even just throw an interview at him?" And I think that they're like, "Absolutely." And then they didn't even interview the guy. Correct. So he was right. like, "Oh, okay, cool. Hey, uh, I'm taking my talents to South Beach or wherever I'm going." You know? <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Only, I mean, I, I don't think he's leaving. They're and, they're gonna force him to retire, basically. And the other thing that you know it does Deshaun Watson see Tom Brady leaves, goes somewhere else and has all these weapons to use and all this talent. And, you know, you can tell Tom Brady's having fun. Yeah. Deshaun Watson's probably like, man, I wish I could go somewhere and be like that. I miss Clemson. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. So, but yeah, to answer his question, um, I didn't want to just, I didn't want to make that trade like where we were given a bunch of picks, um, Kyle and to get Deshaun Watson. But if you were saying, you know, Hey, we'll give you a, Maybe a first in Baker for Deshaun Watson. I might I might have pulled the trigger. I wish you would have been here for that episode. I, I might said have pulled that, that trigger. I said that exact trade, and I'm being only c- one. I only gave up one. Yeah, I was mocked. I was slandered. You could I never. just don't think that. I don't think that's going to be the trade, though, bro. No, no, so no, 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 no. That's not what it, that. Yeah. No, I think that trade to be able to make it work, it might be two or three. Oh, at least and Matthew then, Stafford least. was two. So, yeah, uh, and that's Matt Stafford. I was saying yeah. if this it was Cle- if it was exactly. Cleveland and we were making that trade, I could see him saying, "Hey, we'd want Baker, we want Odell, and we want two first and maybe like two seconds." Yep. I would never do that trade. No, no, not but no. Now, if it was Baker and next year's first for Deshaun Watson, and you knew, and you'd have to know, contract wise, that he was going to be there a while too for me to make that trade. Yes, I would. I would that trade. I would do. But more than that, no. More than that, no. And I'm a Baker guy. I don't know. I, yeah, that's a Sooner fan over well, there. I get that, but I, like, like we're saying. I guess it's just kind of like we're living in a pretend world. Yeah. Right. So yes. I don't get that. Arg- like, well, and if you look at, so her. we're looking at Stafford who, uh, you know, he costs two firsts and, and other things. And yeah. then you look at um, what the Colts are allegedly offering for Carson Wentz, two seconds. Yeah. So, and you know, Deshaun Watson is, his talent is far surpasses those two guys. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, what he's going to demand in a trade or what they're going to demand a trade for him. It's going to be just absolutely insane. I well, do, yeah. I do want to say one thing before we get too off track. I think people put too much value in draft picks. Like everybody's talking about how the Rams don't have like a first round draft pick for the next seven years or something like that. Do you think they're going to care if they win the Super Bowl in the next two to three years? No. And the Jacksonville Jaguars have picked. I think it was top ten in the lot for the last oh, well, like we fourteen of yeah. the last fifteen years. You know, and they they're still horrible. The Browns. We were there for twenty years. Yeah, yeah. twenty years until <laughs> and until one, this year we were awful. I think if you have a good organization, good structure, you're you're good at evaluating talent, especially in free agency or later in the draft. You're good at finding talent. I just don't. 
I think known commodities in the NFL are way more valuable than what ifs in the draft, even if it's a, a, a high pick. Well, and, and kind of to go along that, Browns one of the youngest teams in in, in the NFL. So really, do we need? I mean, we might be kind of looking the other way. Hey, we want to try to bring in some veteran type guys or some you know proven guys that Spoiler are. Spoiler alert: JJ Watt. I mean, something Make like it something like that, you know, to bring in the piece in with to teach those young guys, you know, okay, hey, you know, why are you doing things this way? It's worked for me for ten years doing it like this. I agree. Be interesting. We need to infuse some veteran leadership onto the team. Especially Not Sendejo. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Not that veteran. Okay, so I think we got what, one more? No, nope, that was it. That was it. That was it. Our guys. Okay, okay cool. Thanks well, for calling in. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, appreciate it. Uh, yeah, it's it's super fun every time Josh tells us we got another voicemail. Um, those were two of our favorite out of like the three hundred we got. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> uh, but for real, if it, like again, one more one more reminder: thedogspodcast.com. You'll find the link. You can leave us a voicemail. Uh, like I said, we're going to be off for a few weeks, but we want to hear you know your recommendations. Who do you want us to look into more when we're doing like draft research? What free agents do you want us to look deeper into? Anything you guys want to hear? When we come back for season two, drop us a voicemail, and we'll get into it. We'll play your voicemail on the show. One thing I did hear this week, um, people were talking about the different um, agenda for the draft this year and how they're not going to be having like the um, combine and all that stuff. So they said that the teams that can draft well and evaluate talent are going to have added success this year. Oh, yes. And it's going to be evident. So I'm just interested to see how the Browns do in the draft. Yeah. I have a lot of faith in Andrew Barry. Mm-hmm. I do too, and that's why I want to see like, because we'll know, we'll know right away. Like as these guys pan out, like did we do well or not? Yep. Yep. In, in scouting these guys. Yep. Yep. I agree. Especially with a lot of these guys too opting out this past season. So. Okay, so that brings us into you know why we're all here today and why, why we're, we're all, all dressed spippy. up. I put on some of my best gear. <laughs> You know, my nicest tie. Justin's got his jacket. Josh has got his jacket on. Zach didn't get the memo because, you know, he's just a guest star on this show now. Right. Uh, So we're here for the first ever Mad Dog Awards. We want to thank everybody who voted for, uh, you know, the nominees. I'm sure the players appreciate it, too. They've been on. They've been calling me all week, seeing who won. Uh, (laughs) But no, really, we we got a lot of feedback on this more than we've ever gotten on any, you know, other kind of survey or anything like that so we really appreciate everybody who voted took their time to do that uh made this you know in my opinion a a huge success yeah and a little spoiler we do have an acceptance speech for the uh, best in show at the end so stay tuned also i i want to throw this out here the only person who knows the winner of these is josh yes so as we're you know if you can see at home these envelopes when we read these winners to you guys I have no idea who won any of these. I'm going to be just as surprised as you guys, so I'm I'm really excited to get into this. All right. Are we ready? I think we're ready. Okay. Our first category in the 2021 First Annual Mad Dog Awards is the Offensive Young Pup, Offensive Rookie of the Year Award. And who has this one? I do. Who were the nominations? The nominees were Offensive Lineman Jedrick Wills, Tight End Harrison Bryant, Wide Receiver Donovan Peoples-Jones, and Offensive Lineman Nick Harris. Okay, so let's go to the card. All right. The winner for the Offensive Young Pup Award with 72% of the vote, so an overwhelming favorite, Jedrick Wills, left tackle. Uh, I think this was well-deserved by Jedrick Wills. Solidified the... 
left tackle position, I think, barring injury the next 10 years. You want to talk about hitting a home run with that first-round pick last yep. year. Good job, Cleveland. Good yep. job. Didn't have to move up to get him. He got 72% of the vote on this. Coming in second was DPJ. Yeah. I think people really like liked that. the way he came on in – you know, he wasn't expected. No one asked him at the beginning of the season, like, this is what we're going to expect you to do this year. But a he Michigan, got thrust into a role. Yeah, a yep. Michigan guy got 22% of the vote in Ohio. You saw glimpses. Mm. I, not to uh, not to steal, you know, steal the glory away from the award winner, but that Cincinnati game winner was, like, very oh. awesome moments in Cleveland Browns history for me. Yeah, I, I remember there. going back to the draft, you know, a lot of experts, you know, weren't you know, so high on this guy. And you got guys like an Urban Meyer said, hey, this guy has got first-round talent. I mean, and, you know, glad that we were able, you know, obviously it took, like, the injury to Odell. Hodge had, you know, an injury in the season for him to get some playing time. But, man, he really shined. Um, but, yeah, Je- Jedrick Wills, early on in the season, I was a little bit worried about how he was going to handle, you know, some of the best edge rushers in the NFL. And, I mean, Mid-season on, the guy was phenomenal. And some of the best edge rushers are in our division. Yep. Yes. yes. Yep. Yes. So, I mean, kudos to him, uh, the work that he put in, and how much of it is bringing in a guy like Bill Callahan. Yep. Yep. I mean. Well, man. and not to mention his transition from right tackle in college to yes. left tackle yeah. in the NFL. I mean, That's very, a testament very to impressive. Him and Bill Callahan, yep. the fact. Yeah. I mean, he it was almost seamless, and he had – I mean, he had to learn techniques over Zoom, He's, right? You know, videotaping himself doing drills and then sending it to the coach. So, I uh, man, I'm looking forward to a more regular off season this year where he can get in and do even more work. I think the future is bright for this guy, and it's got to feel like like we don't have to worry about this position now for. A decade. And he's only going to get better. Right. The next couple of years are going to be crazy. It is kind of nice walking away from the season going, got a head coach, got a quarterback, got our left tackle. Front office is good. Ownership all of a sudden looks uh, stable. You know, it's crazy how winning, you know, changes everything. (laughs) Yes. So, hey, big shout out to Jed Wills, Offensive Rookie of the Year for the Browns, as voted by you, the fans. Uh, Jed will be reaching out to your people so we can send you your trophy. Yeah, your, right. your mad mm-hmm. dog is couldn't in the mail. Yeah. Couldn't, couldn't make it here to the podcast. Yeah. 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 Hey, I'm hoping, you know, 10 years from now when the mad dog awards are getting millions of votes, we'll be able to have these people on the show. That's yep. right. That's right. And get them a trophy. Yeah. So, yeah, sponsor the show so we can buy these guys a trophy. That's right. That's right. All right. So our second category was the defensive young pup, defensive rookie of the year award. The nominees were defensive tackle Jordan Elliott, and linebacker, Jacob Phillips. Okay, and your winner is, with 68% of the vote, Jacob Phillips. Blake's boy from the draft. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, kind of surprisingly close. I thought that was going to be like a, I mean, 68 to 32%. Yeah, because Jordan Elliott, I mean, he got to play in spurts, but he didn't do anything yeah. that jumped off the page. He at least saw, you know, Phillips, he had a few games this year where he was super noticeable on the defensive end, and that was hard to say for anybody who played on the Browns' defense this year. Yes. He, he made he made plays, you know, that, that popped off film. Yeah. And like you said, not a lot of people on our defense did that. No. And I think he showed a lot of promise going forward. Um, you know, he might be the best linebacker on our team right now. A lot of speed. A lot of speed of the ball. I yeah, like he's got a lot of room to grow. Um, I think we were all kind of skeptical back in the draft when they took this guy. But you could see, I mean, first year he was out there even, you know, calling plays, moving guys around on the defensive end. So I'm excited to see, you know, another year, maybe a f- 
full training camp what he could develop into because there's definitely uh, open spots on our defensive side of the ball that <laughs> yeah. need to be filled. Yeah, we need leadership at that linebacker position. And if, you know, he can progress even more from that rookie season into that sophomore season, I mean, he could really take that huge step forward. Let's hope right. he goes the opposite way of Mac Wilson. Yeah, yeah. And let's hope Mac Wilson can bounce back, man, because we had a lot of high hopes for Mac Wilson. And I mean, yeah, we were, yeah, yeah, we were itching for him to get back from injury. We were like, man, once we get him back, it might be all right. And then he got back, and he wasn't on the field a whole lot. No, and when he was, he's, all he did was miss tackles. Right. That's very noticeable. So, congratulations, Phillips. Yes. Rookie right. defensive player of the year. And good job, Elliot. Like you said, I didn't expect it to be that close. So. No. I thought that was going to be very one-sided. So, right. very surprising. <laughs> all right. We ready? Yeah. Yep. Category three is the Air Bud Golden Receiver Best Pass Catcher of the Year Award. So, the nominees are... Jarvis Landry with 72 catches, 840 yards, and three touchdowns. Rashard Higgins, 37 receptions for 599 and four touchdowns. We had Austin Hooper, 46 catches for 435 and four touchdowns. And then we had Kareem Hunt, 38 catches for 304 yards and five touchdowns. All right. I got this one. The winner is for the Airbud Golden Receiver Award. With 83% of the vote, Woo. Jarvis Landry. Wide receiver number one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Who came in second on that? I'm interested. Uh, Kareem Hunt with yeah. 14% was second place. So 83, 14. So that left only 3% left. <laughs> and uh, Austin Hooper got that 3%. Zero for Hollywood. Really? Zero. So, to answer that question, a lot of Browns fans that voted on this said, all right, see you, Hollywood. We don't need (laughs) you. (laughs) You can race off somewhere else. (laughs) Oh, you didn't have to do that. Uh, I'm not surprised that Jarvis won that award. Mm -hmm. I think probably the most popular Brown around the fan base, except for maybe Baker, but Baker, you know, at times is polarizing as we've seen between Browns fans. So, um, He's just a rock at the receiving position. Doesn't score a ton of touchdowns, I guess, but just his leadership, what he is in the locker room, and it seems like he just he always makes big catches. I'm almost more surprised that Hollywood got zero percent of the vote than I am by anything. Yeah, oh. and uh, we kind of Josh, you know, kind of put together these categories, and he kind of had to, you know, change our wording a little bit on this to add Kareem Hunt and a guy like Kareem Hunt a second, right? yeah, you know, on this list. So, um. Yeah, Jarvis, you know, he played through injuries this year. He was banged up, you know, for a majority of the year. Um, and we've kind of talked about this before. Best free agent signing in Browns last, what, two decades? Yeah, two yeah. decades? Easily. Yeah, yep. so um, glad that he won that one. Yeah, and one quick comment on the touchdowns. You know, I know he only had three for Jarvis, but nobody has a ton of touchdowns for the Browns. Because right. Baker spreads that ball around yep. so well that, I mean, Harrison Bryant had a couple this year, right? He probably had, mm-hmm. what, three or so? Something I think like he had that. a multi-touchdown game this year. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the thing with Baker. Like, So, when you're looking at Jarvis, it's, are you on the field? Yes. You know, are you running your routes? Yes. Is yes. he out there blocking? I mean, he's a physical receiver. He's tough. He brings that leadership to the locker room. Love Jarvis. Yep. All right. Blake's got this one. So this is the Guard Dog Award, the best lineman. So we'll run through our nominees real quick. We know we've got left tackle Jedrick Wills, left guard Joel Batonio, 
center J.C. Treader, right guard Wyatt Teller, and right tackle Jack Conklin. So I'm very. This was probably the one I was the most Tough excited one. for yeah. because there's five legit candidates in here. Yep. And I know who I think should win this. So we're gonna see if I'm thinking the same way the fans were thinking. So the winner of the guard dog award was 60 percent of the vote. Right guard Wyatt Teller. I don't think there's any other way to go. This was my nomination. Um, there was a noticeable difference between games that Teller was on the field and games that he wasn't on the field. Yep. Almost more so than any other player on our roster this year. Run game looked different. Offense looked different. I agree. It's not, and it's just like the attitude he brings almost. Like we, when he's in the game, we're nasty up front. We bulldoze people. Uh, you know, we're, we're moving the line of scrimmage three yards downfield. Um, he, Considering he was a question mark at the beginning of the, <laughs> the season. The only one yeah, on the, that line. The only question mark on that line coming into this season, and then he gets 60% of the vote as the best the best lineman on our team. I think he was the number one graded pro football focus guard in the league. What was the rest of the percentages on that? So Just interested. Second place was Batonio at 20%. If Fan I'm sure, and line. I'm pretty sure he was second highest guard ranked guard. Man. If I think, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure Teller was number one and Batonio was number two. I think. So that's crazy for the Browns. And then in third place was Conklin at 8%. Only 8%. <laughs> the guy's a pro bowler. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's I crazy. Think, I think you saw that people really bought into Teller this year. And then Batonio, I mean, he's longest standing Brown. He's a, as far as offensive linemen can be concerned, he's a fan favorite as far as. You know, I mean, and then just throw in J.C. Treaders on. (laughs) (laughs) Crazy. It was 60% for Teller, 20% for Batonio. Then it went 8.75 for Conklin, Treader, Wills. But I think that's – go ahead, Blake. Go ahead. Yeah, so, I mean, even Wills was a a rookie. Yeah. Still got 5% of the vote. Yeah, and I don't think any of this vote says anything bad about any of these players. It just highlights how special Wyatt Teller's season was this year. I mean, he played that guard position the way it's supposed to be Mm -hmm. played. Tell me how many times, not even on the Browns, just in football in general, do you watch a game and notice when an offensive lineman isn't playing? I don't want to say they're interchangeable, but a lot of times people can watch a whole season of football and not be able to tell you one offensive lineman's name. And you could tell when this guy was not in the game. It was like, oh, Teller's not playing today. Man, hopefully we can still run the ball. Hopefully our offense still moves. Yeah. Yep. So congratulations, Wyatt Teller. Uh, Well-deserved was my nomination, so I'm happy that the fans went with me on that. Absolutely. All right, moving on to our fifth category. This is the Homeward Bound Award, the Comeback Player of the Year. So we've got nominees, defensive end Miles Garrett, opposite side defensive end Olivier Vernon, wide receiver Rashard Higgins, and quarterback Baker Mayfield. All right, guys, I got this one. Uh, The winner... Of the Homeward Bound Award is, with 60% of the vote, Baker Mayfield. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong, like, I, well-deserved, that's who I voted for, but, like, Miles Garrett was suspended half of the year last year. I just figured he would be, you know, a little bit higher up there. In the what votes. did he get? 17%. He was actually tied with Olivier Vernon. Wow. Wow. That was, the, I, yeah. I think it kind of 
maybe some of our fans took it as, you know, Miles Garrett had a good year, but they ex- kind of maybe expected that. Right. That he would have the year that he was having. I yeah. think Baker and everybody's eyes, we went into the season like, hey, he's got to prove that he is the guy. We weren't even sure he was the quarterback. Right. I, I mean, mean, that's that, yeah, so, put it that simple. You know, I think that's kind of why he, why he won that. <laughs> Uh, one that you know the fans vote on that Olivier Vernon he did impress us yes. you know we talked about him on the show you know hey he was another guy you got to prove something because we don't think you're worth you know what we're paying you and he you know restricted his deal and then before he got hurt he was really um, coming on there for the defense I, uh, so. I think this vote splitting with Miles Garrett kind of shows that Browns fan noticed that Olivier Vernon was maybe our best defensive player that second half of the season. Yep. Up until his injury. Yep. Yep. Um, so it's good to see that the fans are kind of buying in, you know, noticing that kind of stuff. So I, that, that's awesome. I, you know that this is a show done by fans whenever, because you said about we didn't even know if he was going to be the quarterback. We, we did a show before the season started where we were talking about could Case Keenum come in and lead this team to the playoffs if we have to. Yeah. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's where we were as Browns fans, I think, before the season. You could go back and Zach said he thought Baker was going to be on a short leash. Yeah, he said he thought you know if Baker had a couple rough games to start the season, not just the coaches, he thought fans were going to be screaming for Case Keenum. Right. So, again, like you said, we're just football fans. We're definitely we're not analysts and we're not experts. You know, so we're we're coming at this from the same side of the spectrum as you guys. Um, I think Baker definitely deserved this award because last year was not good. Oof. Last year yeah. was not a good season as far on the field, and I didn't even like what he was really doing off the field. Um, he just didn't look prepared to play football last year, in my opinion. And constantly going at people in the media, which I like fiery Baker, but you gotta you gotta toe that line. Yeah. You know, and I thought this year he towed that line because like how the play the name of our play was called Maserati. Little dig at Cowherd. Those <laughs> kinds of things are okay for okay with me, you know, the, if that's what motivates you. But I don't need you in a full on Twitter battle in between two a days. No, you know, you need I need to, you focusing on football. And I think that really shows like him and the rest of this team bought into what Stefanski was bringing into this organization because, you know, you see some of those uh, post-game locker room videos of Stefanski. He's like, are we done? No. Do we want – what do we want? We want more. Like, these guys know that. And you hear that in Baker's press conferences where he says, you know, we got more to do. We got more to do. We got more to give. And all this stuff, it's like, yes, keep it coming this way. A couple of my favorite uh, Stefanski quotes preseason, he said – um, personality is welcome. Production is a must. Something along those lines. Mm-hmm. I love that quote. And then post-game speech this year, I heard him say, you know, he asked the team, he said, do you got more? And they say, yes, coach. He says, good, I'm going to need it. I yes. just, lo- I, th- I love that. I think that's awesome. So uh, I think Baker, like you said, he's just bought into that mentality. And you can just see the difference between a Freddie Kitchens coach team as opposed to a Kevin Stefanski coach team as far as discipline and focus. Absolutely. I mean, if you let these guys get away with anything, I mean, it doesn't matter how disciplined they are individually. There's going to be slippage. You know, you got to hold you got to hold people accountable. Yeah. No. So his game definitely took it to another level. He grew up. You know, kind of matured um, going into the season. It was great to see his commercials got a little funnier. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Quit hanging out at the Cheesecake Factory. Oh my god. Oh, yeah. It's been a fun year. It really has. It really has. It really has. We picked the best year ever to start start a podcast. podcast. Absolutely, we did. (laughs) All right. Category six. This is our Dog Pound Dog Award. It's our unsung hero. I'm excited for this one. Yes. 
All right, nominees are running back, kick returner, the Ernest Whatnot Johnson. Right. <laughs> Offensive lineman, Blake Hans. Offensive lineman, Kendall Lamb. Cornerback, MJ Stewart. And defensive end, Porter Gustin. All right, so our winner with 30% of the vote. Split vote. Okay. The Ernest Whatnot Johnson. That's really. right. <laughs> And we had this was a close one, so thirty percent won the award. Uh, coming in second place was Kendall Lamb with twenty five percent. Really, twenty five. I think people liked how he stepped in and just held down the fort when Business we asked usual. him to in at that, different yep. positions. Yeah, yep. in that Steelers game too, he went mano a mano with T.J. Watt. Yes, uh, <laughs> coming in third, a close third. Blake Hans, third. Third on the list um, with 20%, 17% for MJ Stewart, and 8% for Porter Gustin. I, I said this last week on the show. This was my favorite category that we came up with. Championship teams. Why, because you came up with it? Yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, yes. All my ideas are the best. Um, this is These are the kind of players that championship teams are made out of. You know, we talked about it. The Browns don't make it to the divisional round without MJ Stewart. Nope. You know, right. they don't make it they don't make it that far if Kendall Lamb can't come in and block TJ Watt. Or Hans somehow knows the playbook and knows audibles, you know, when he'd never even met Baker Mayfield before. Right. So just the the way these guys were prepared somehow and they don't get the headlines. Like I said, uh you know, post game, MJ Stewart probably doesn't have a single reporter asking to talk to him. And he you know, he had a pick, a huge pick. And nobody cares. Nobody wants to talk to MJ Stewart. But he just keeps lacing them up, going to work. And you need guys like that because you, you, you only have a handful of stars on your team. The rest of your team is made up by gritty, go-to-work, lunch-pail kind of guys. Yeah, a bunch of guys that just had – and these guys that, that are on this list, most of them, it was just a got to stay ready because you don't know when you're – I mean, Lamb, how many times somebody goes down, yep. they throw them in there for a series, okay? And then the guy might come back and then – Oh, somebody else went down. You got to go fill on him for a series. Well, we always thought too. We're like, oh, we got Chris Hubbard. It's not even a big deal. We won't even have to get to Lamb. Like, right. We have this all around guy in Hubbard, and then he yeah. goes down, you know, mm-hmm. for the season. The biggest thing for this too is mentally. It's so hard to prepare like a starter knowing you're not going to, most likely, not going to get into the game. You know, right. Like, just to go into every practice and still give 110%, still be in the playbook, still be attentive in meetings. Only to know that come Sundays, you're watching. You're yeah. going to be watching. You know, chances are you're not stepping on that field. So mentally, it's it's so hard for the for you know a lot of players to do it. Not a lot of players can be good backups. No, and I would say if we had one or two of these guys that did that kind of thing this season, okay, maybe we got lucky picking the right guys or whatever. But I think since this list it was this is a five player list, and we had people to choose from for this, yeah, mm-hmm. off the practice squad. I think that's a testament to the organization, the culture that's there now that they can vet players and bring in guys that they know, hey, I know you're going to, I trust you to study. I trust you to be prepared, even if you're not going to play. And to talk about our winner, yeah. you know, or you could argue one of our most solid offensive players and Nick Chubb goes down. And we all, I remember literally watching that happen and everybody going, our season might be completely shot. And Hunt was out. Yeah, at least that Dallas He's groin with the groin, and Dearness whatnot Johnson comes in and just big play after big play ice the Colts game for us. I mean, right? 
I mean, we talked about the guy enough that he, I gave him. A, he got a nickname. He got a nickname. Yeah. <laughs> so. You know, a third string running back got a nickname. <laughs> right. You know, and it wasn't just for me. It wasn't even only for what he did running the ball on offense. Yeah. It was his kick returning. Yep. Absolutely. You know, he he set us up with good field position all season. He was just a solid, solid player for the Browns, and I'm I'm really happy we had him. A ton of respect for every guy on that list. That that was my favorite category to pick from because yep. these guys. They don't get a ton of love, and so if we can show them a little bit of love on the dogs, we're going to do that. That's right, and I think we are showing them plenty of love. Love these guys. That's our dog pound dog. All right, so now we're going to move on to offensive top dog. we got our three main categories left here. This is our Offensive Player of the Year Award. Who's got this one? I got this Zach's one. Zach's got this. So, um, all right. All right. Read the nominees. I got the nominees first. Yeah, just tone it down there. <laughs> <laughs> nominees are Offensive Lineman, Wyatt Teller. Quarterback, Baker Mayfield. Running back, Nick Chubb. Wide receiver, Jarvis Landry. All right. And our winner for offensive top dog, Nick Chubb. 55%. Yeah. It's crazy. How good is a guy that he can miss four games and he's still your offensive player of the game? How important to a team is that? Yeah. Especially when Baker Mayfield has a year he had. I think fans, I think, you know, we talked about Jarvis being a fan favorite. Oh. There's few Ooh. people that Browns fans like more than Nick Chubb. Yeah. It's his lunch pail attitude. Just, I don't need wristbands. I don't need gloves. I don't need a visor. Just give me the rock. Yep. Yep. Right. Uh, so we had uh, Baker came in second place for this, 37%. Uh, then Teller and Jarvis were uh, low, five and three. But uh, I, I think Nick Chubb, you know, you could tell when he was missed or when he was out. Uh, what it did to our offense. I think he deserved it. I'm kind of surprised he, this is the only – was this one of the only – oh, no, it's yeah, one of the yeah, other ones. Yeah, one yeah. of the other ones that he was up for uh, out of the awards that we have. But him, you know, his mentality – nobody dislikes Nick Chubb. That's, that's like, one of the biggest things. It's hard to dislike a guy that you never hear from that just goes to work every Sunday. One of my favorite things, uh, like the behind the Browns type stuff that they do, uh, it was Austin Hooper. I think it might have been preseason or just very early in the season. Nick Ch- Nick Chubb did something good in the game, and Austin Hooper said something, you know, like, hey, good job, Nick. That was awesome. And Nick Chubb just kind of, yeah. And And Austin Hooper <laughs> looks at Kareem Hunt and goes, damn, is Nick ever happy? And Kareem Hunt goes, that's just Nick. Right. You know, like, he just – he doesn't get up. He doesn't get down. He just – he just goes to work. Another big thing that I really like about Nick Chubb, and you can kind of see how this – I could see it if it was me in that situation. Never gripes about the playing time situation or, you know, Kareem Hunt going to get it, come in, he's going to, you know, in the fourth quarter, we're going to, you know, kind of steady feed him the ball. We're still going to use the Chubb at times, but really the fourth quarter became like Kareem Hunt's time. Mm-hmm. And he's not, he's you know, how many guys would be complaining? You know, if it's a levy on Bell, you're taking him out of the game, you don't think he's saying something to a reporter of, well, man, if they'd have got me the ball in the fourth, you know, I things could have happened. I, I'd have had... 2,000 yards this year, they get yep. me the ball more. Especially if, you know, we lose a game and Chubb, you know, only got a couple carries in the fourth and he's not coming out and saying anything about, you know, I need to be getting the ball in those situations. That's just not his style. Help me out with the game, guys. What was the game where he uh, had the 55-yard or 60-yard run down the sideline and it stepped out at the one? Oh, my gosh. What game? That was yeah. mid-season. It was, a, it was a home game. Regardless, I can't think of what it was. I literally, after the game, so we're, we're watching, me and my wife, every player on the Browns team went up and tapped him on the helmet. They all gravitated to him, which is crazy 
Because usually you would see that with like a baker, you know, baker going to do that with everybody. I thought that was like crazy how, you know, important to the team he was. Was And how unselfish he was. Was that the Texans game? It might have been. But, yeah. Yeah. Nick Chubb is just, and then we're talking about his attitude and his mentality. We haven't even mentioned the fact that he might be the best running back in all of football. Yeah. You can make that argument. I mean, as far as like just a pure physical runner. I mean, there's not many like him. No, I'll listen to arguments about other people. You know, somebody wants to tell me McCaffrey's better. You know, Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. I think Chubb's better than Derrick Henry, but yeah. I'll let you make the argument if no. you want. You know, Dalvin Cook, but Chubb's in that argument. You know, I agree. he he's a hundred percent in that argument for best back in the league. And because we're Cleveland, and because we've had so many down years, he doesn't get the national love, and because he just doesn't talk. Yeah. You know, but he he's every bit as good as anybody else in the league and those guys are getting touches those guys are getting all the touches this dude right. is splitting carries yeah you know i, mean, I, we, I think we kind of talked about it before the year justin you kind of brought up you know the jim brown record yeah the rushing record yeah. you know you and if if you don't have a we were like we've kind of debated on it you know hey could he get there you yeah. know he missed some games mm-hmm. he still had over a thousand yards cream hunt had 800 yeah so i mean well we i think we both said too like we all said it wouldn't be that crazy if they both went over right. a thousand yards all purpose. And, and, and they, they, it was close. Yeah. Yep. Did they both went over a thousand all purpose? All purpose, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Both went over a thousand all purpose. Uh Kareem Hunt had eight forty seven on the ground. In three hundred some receiving. Right. Crazy. Mm-hmm. So I mean, Chubb was over a thousand, he missed four games. I mean, he he every bit I mean, he missed a game against the Cowboys. Yeah. Yes. Yep, got hurt in that game. I mean, Dearness Johnson went nuts. Yeah. Imagine what Chubb would have done if yeah. he could have played that whole game. So, so It was kind of interesting. So regular season, just their stats this year, 190 carries for Chubb, 198 for Hunt. Yep. So Hunt wow. actually out-carried. I mean, Chubb yeah, missed four games. Missed four games, but still, I mean, how even is that? That's And there's two ways to look at that. If you're a player, you can say, I want more touches, or if you're a player, you can say, they're keeping my career longer. Yep. yep. That's what I like is you got both of those guys and neither one neither one of them complains about it. They actually both love it. They're polar. They love the situation. My favorite thing too is they're polar opposites. <laughs> Kareem Hunt is very much like a he gets motivated by like, you know, pounding his chest, the crowd. He's you know, he's very much in your face, aggressive, and he's super good friends with Nick Chubb, who's ultra quiet. Yeah, so just yeah. to kind of put it in perspective, Derrick Henry this year. 398 carries. Yeah. Kareem Hunt and uh, Nick Chubb together, 388. Derrick Henry had 10 more carries than they had combined. Right. And wow. think of what McCaffrey would guy. have if he was out. Oh, my well, He wasn't out. He, same thing. Yep. Dalvin Cook, I mean, obviously they have a talented backfield, but those guys are getting a lot yeah, of touches. All, yeah. First down, second down. Hey, do we want to let Kirk Cousins throw it? No. Okay, let's give it to Dalvin. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, exactly. Hey, hey Dalvin, exactly. Dalvin, this one's you again. All right, well, yep, shout out to Nick Chubb, and I'm sure all he would do with that award is probably divide it up against his five guard dogs. Yeah, right. (laughs) All right, so our eighth category is the Defensive Top Dog Award, Defensive Player of the Year. All right, nominees, defensive end, Miles Garrett, defensive end, Olivier Vernon, linebacker, B.J. Goodson, and cornerback, Denzel Ward. I'm, I'm interested to see how this goes. Your winner of the Defensive Player of the Year award with a resounding 85% of the vote really wasn't close. Miles Garrett. 
I think that speaks to the lack of production on defense this year. I agree. And Miles is kind of a fan favorite. I did think Vernon would get more of the vote. Yeah, I didn't think that was... I, to be honest, I'm so Denzel Ward. Yeah, I, My problem is, is I think Hospital Ward misses too many games. <laughs> yeah, but man, we kind of talked about it with Teller was out and he got the award, you know, for, you know, being our lineman, best lineman. Uh, what our defense looked like when we didn't have Denzel Ward. This is true. And yeah. an Ohio State guy. I, you know, so I thought maybe he'd get more. Man. I thought it. I thought Miles was going to win, but I thought it'd be more like you know, sixty-five for Miles than maybe like fifteen for Ward, ten for Vernon. Goodson got zero percent of the vote. That's not surprising to me. I don't even know if he'll be on the team next year. Hey, no. if you look at his Pro Football Focus, one of the best linebackers <laughs> yeah. in the NFL this year. I don't know if I'm buying that. <laughs> so you know, Miles Garrett. I think Miles Garrett was on pace to have. A defensive player of the year award type season until yep. he got uh, COVID, and it was obvious he wasn't the same player after COVID. And we can't, I can't hold that against him. You know, it's not his fault he got sick. It's not his fault that you know it affected him. You know, as bad as it affected him, but he was clearly not the player he was uh, pre-COVID. But pre-COVID, he was unblockable until he got COVID. Unblockable. Yeah, and the thing with Denzel Ward is I've talked to you know, a handful of Browns fans here and there that they kind of all say the same thing of like him not being on the field. Isn't just a this year kind of thing. You know, it's, yeah. this is a recurring theme for Denzel Ward. And yeah, man, when he's on the field, difference maker lockdown, I mean, yeah, right. lockdown top of the league type of talent keeps, when he's on the field, keeps that Robert Jackson off the field when he's playing. <laughs> they already cut him. Yeah, yeah, he's let gone. Him go. yeah. Let him go. I saw that. Uh, I don't know if it was yesterday or the day before, but, I just figured if Vernon would get a little bit more love. I thought he had a really, really excellent second half. I yeah. don't argue. He came up big when yeah. we needed it. Yeah. I don't argue the the picks. I'm just, you know, it's kind of surprising. I thought yeah. that vote would be a little higher. I agree. I, I'm not surprised one bit that Miles won. I think Miles was deserving, and he should yes. be the winner. He's yep. the leader of the defense. But, again, I, I thought it would be a little bit closer. But Browns fans have spoken. That's, yes. yes, they you have. Know they have. Yep. The Browns fans have spoken. Miles Garrett, defensive player of the year for the Browns. Yes. All right. That brings us to our finale category. This is our 2001 Best in Show MVP Award. 2001? 2021. 21. <laughs> 21. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2001. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who would have been the best in show back then? Uh, Tim Couch. Tim Couch. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been a light show. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Thank you. I didn't even catch that. That's funny. Okay. 2021, 20 years later. All right. So our nominees for Best in Show. Quarterback Baker Mayfield with 3,563 yards, 26 touchdowns to eight interceptions with a QBR of 72.2. Then we have defensive end Miles Garrett with 12 sacks, 48 tackles, four forced fumbles, and two fumble recoveries. Wide receiver Jarvis Landry, 72 receptions for 840 yards and three touchdowns. Then we've got running back Nick Chubb, 1,067 rushing yards, 12 touchdowns on the ground with 16 receptions for another 150 yards through the air. We've also got running back Kareem Hunt, 841 rushing yards, 6 touchdowns on the ground, 38 catches for 304 more yards through the air, and 5 touchdowns receiving. And finally, we've got head coach Kevin Stefanski because we can't do this without him. 11-5 record as a rookie head coach. 1-1 one one record in the playoffs. And hey, coach, coach of the year. year. Yes. Coach of throw the that, year. Throw that banner up. Yep. That's right. All right, guys. I got the envelope here. Let me open this up. I'm excited for this I one. Think only, I think it's only right Justin's opening this That's one, right. too. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Thanks, guys. I appreciate that. All right. And your winner 
with 38% of the vote. Close vote here. The future quarterback, Baker Mayfield. Nice. And the good thing about it is we don't have to learn from a loss. Uh, we can get better after a win. So, you know, just the mindset of trying to be just a bunch of big, hairy American winning machines is important. Uh, I had x-rays, and I did not stay at a Holiday Inn, so I don't know how to read them. They knew that uh, Miles was out. They knew they had to get funky on the field and just uh, like an old batch of collard greens. It was just they, uh, they played well together. Having to, after that first quarter, stop, drop, shut them down, open up shop. You know, like, oh, no, that's just how writers roll. Uh, I think Miles took the approach of, you know, real G's moving silence like lasagna. Only two things I hate more than missing crows, and that's uh, lying and skim milk. And, and skim milk's just water lying about being milk. So, uh, gotta make those throws. Whenever I'm about to do something, I think, would an idiot do that? And if they would, then I don't do that. Don't be an idiot. Whenever I'm about to do something, I think, would an idiot do that? And if they would, I do not do that thing. <laughs> wow, that Great. was really well done, That's Josh. Awesome. Good yeah. for you, man. Well done on the editing there. That was excellent. Man, that's um, our quarterback. That's our quarterback, yeah. man. That's our quarterback. And I know I catch a lot of flack, especially on YouTube, but I'm happy that's our quarterback because that, that's awesome. I'm glad you came around to it because I was worried about you for a while. <laughs> yeah, so is from media <laughs> yeah. on YouTube if you're yeah. paying attention. Uh, so, yeah. I'm glad Baker won that. So I'm interested to see, though, how I think how you'd be very fell. surprised. So, yeah, let's see how this breakdown went. Uh, Baker Mayfield, 38%. A very, very deserving Nick Chubb at 36%. Wow, close. Kevin Stefanski at 26%. Ooh. Miles, Jarvis, and Kareem Hunt, all 0%. Not a vote. Not Man. one vote. So wow. a lot of people, I was curious to see how Stefanski would do in that. Yeah, I, I threw that, I threw Stefanski in there just because I, you know, we haven't had a coach like that, you know, in forever. Yeah, um, since Belichick or and, Marty Schottenheimer. I mean, same roster, pretty much almost the same roster from last year to this year. Yep. And you saw what the head coach difference made. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad that Baker won. Um, I'm glad that some of our fans showed some love to Kevin. Uh, who, did you get, who did you guys think was going to win? Or who did you guys want to win? I, go ahead, Josh. Go well, ahead. I, was say, I mean, I definitely thought that I mean, quarterback's the sexiest position on a team. When you've got a good quarterback, you've got the guy everybody loves. So I really did think that Baker would win that award. Um, deservingly, Nick Chubb was right there with him, though, because, man, we're not doing this without Chubb. For for me, it was fitting that Chubb would win Offensive Player of the Year award. This is I was hoping it would go this way, is for him to win Offensive Player of the Year and Baker to get MVP. Because we saw what happens when Chubb has a, a really good year and Baker – doesn't have a good year, the Browns still suck. Yep. You know, but Chubb had 1,500 yards last year. Mm-hmm. But Baker did not have a good season, and the Browns were in shambles. We went 6-10. and 10. Baker has a bounce-back season, a very, very good season. We go 11-5 and five and win a playoff game. And to me, the, the key was on the word valuable. So, obviously, we are a much better team with Nick Chubb, but I think the Browns go as Baker goes. I think he's, he's the most important person on our team. So when he's good, he's got to be the most valuable. I also thought it was Baker. Just going into this year, every, you know, all the flack that this guy takes from the media, um, all the question marks that are around him, all the people saying, you know, this guy's turnover prone, he'll never grow up. For him to go one interception, the second, basically the whole second half of the season, is crazy. Lead the Browns to a playoff win against, you know, Arguably, our I would say our biggest rival, at least for me, growing up, 
that it was always them. It became Baltimore later, but you know, that's a different argument. But um, you know, I like me some Baker. We don't need Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I, I thought <laughs> I thought Baker uh deserved it as well. You know, going into this year, we were all kind of like it's up in the air what we thought he was going to be able to do because after coming off of last season, he exceeded, I think, everybody's expectations. I mean, we were, he had to cut down the interceptions. He did that. Stop talking to everybody in the media. He did that, you know. And I thought that over the season, he just got better and better. We saw early in the year, we were like, hey, we just want to run the ball. And then kind of midseason, we kind of found, hey, Baker's kind of on a roll here. We're, not, we're throwing the ball a lot more than what anybody anticipated we would. Um, there was a bunch of pressure on him, I felt like, to be the guy this year, and he he overcame all that pressure and became the guy. I mean, the Cincinnati game, his only incompletion down the stretch was a spike to kill the clock. Right. And he throws a game-winning touchdown to a sixth-round draft pick. You know, and if we don't win that game, we probably don't make the playoffs. Right. So every game down the stretch for the Browns was important, and I thought Baker played his best football going down the stretch. You know, even going into midseason, I was – I made the arguments on this show, you know, but yes, Baker's playing better. You know, we're getting wins with him, but my, my goal isn't just to, you know, be good enough. It was to win a Super Bowl. Well, mm-hmm. at the end of this season, down the stretch, I believe Baker Mayfield is good enough to win a Super Bowl for the Browns. You think Baker scores a touchdown in the Super Bowl? Oh, probably. Yeah. Because our offensive line is a lot better than what the Chiefs put out. I had, I had enough of those comments during the game around me. was like, uh, I think the Browns could probably score tonight. Chiefs right. didn't score, not a touchdown. Yeah. So, man, congratulations, Baker Mayfield. Absolutely, congratulations to Browns Nation. You got yourselves a quarterback. Yeah. Yes, thanks to everybody voting on this. Yeah, this is a lot of fun. Yeah, I want to. I, I want to say thanks to everybody who took their time to vote. We had a lot of votes. You know, when we say like fifty-six percent of the vote, it wasn't like two people voted for Baker and one person voted for Nick Chubb. You know, we had. A good amount of votes, so we really appreciate everybody who took the time. Made this a lot of fun. Um, as you can see, like I said, Josh was the only one who knew these winners beforehand, so we were just as surprised as you guys were to see these winners. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoy it, and we can't wait till the second annual Mad Dog Awards. Yeah, and I mean, do you just want to talk real quick about how much fun this first season has been and doing the show and everything? Yeah, I mean, Josh Josh texted me, you know, preseason and said, hey, are you are you still a big Browns fan? And I think my reply was like something like, does a bear defecate in the woods? <laughs> you know? And he's like, well, hey, you know, I was thinking about putting together a podcast. Would you be interested? And I was like, well, yeah, I would be. And this was, you know, right in the middle of I didn't have to work. Yeah. Right. You know, so I just had a lot of free time to fill. And, you know, it kind of morphed into something. I mean, I'm not trying to say we're the Joe Rogan podcast or anything, but this is way bigger than I ever thought it would be. Yeah, and I mean, for me, and I, I just keep telling everybody I talk to because they're like, wow, your show seems to be really taken off and people are, are really liking it. I'm like, it's just, it's interesting because like I knew Blake way back in the day, you know, high school and college, we hung out a lot and did a lot yeah. of things together. But then, you know, after college, you know, you kind of went your way. I got, went my way, got married, you know, and all that. So we didn't talk a ton, but we still knew each other. Fantasy football. Yeah, fantasy yep. football and everything all these years. And then I said, well, you know anybody else who could do a show with us? I brought along these two losers. Right. Yeah. <laughs> who, who I'd, right. I'd never met either of these guys yeah. before. and I'd met Zach yeah. one time before uh, we crazy. walked in that. Right. So, and I mean, that was, I'm pretty sure I drank like two pitches of beer that night <laughs> while we were bowling. So right. I probably don't remember uh, right. meeting him that night, but you know. Yeah. No, it's been a great year. I mean, you could see, I mean, upgrades in the studio, just like that alone, how, how far we've come from. Yeah. 
sitting around a table and you know, and now we got this, you know, great backdrop that we get to come in here. We were um, doing an iPhone on a little gimbal. And yes. then it would, if somebody texted me during the show, the phone would. <laughs> right. Our first yeah, episode this year yeah. fell off. Yeah. True story. Yeah. So we want to thank everybody who stuck with us from that first episode, you know, yeah. where, I mean, I go back and watch that. I'm like, man, it wasn't good. We kind of suck. <laughs> yeah. Like, I can't believe Talking any- about jersey, uh, jerseys that were. Yeah. Jerseys yeah. yeah. I'm appendages. like, I I can't believe anybody watched yeah. that. And I was like, man. And then even that episode got some play. And then it just yep. slowly built and built. And we can't do this without you guys. And I, I want to give a couple specific shout-outs. Ottawa, Canada, Toronto, Canada. You guys listen to us. That's so awesome. I didn't think we'd ever be international. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, we just got comments from guy out Arizona. Big shout-out to the Arizona Browns backers. They're, they also they're listening to the show. You know, we just had a guy in Iceland message the show and say how much. So, again – that that's awesome to us. We, it's way more fun to do this show knowing that you guys are listening, knowing we're getting you know the feedback, even the negative feedback. I like it all. I like dislikes right. on my YouTube video just because we're not going to agree all the time. You know, we've and almost fought fine. a couple times on this show. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's all right to disagree. Yeah, absolutely, it is. So absolutely. I think that's what makes it fun. And uh, you know, like I said, we're not experts. It's not like I get to go into the Browns locker room. And talk to these players. Yet. Yet. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, but I think that's what makes it fun is some, you know, it's just fun to sit around and talk football. Yeah. You know, especially Browns football. And, you know, you try to call into these radio stations. It takes, you know, you might be on hold for three hours and never get in. Or they're talking to you and all of a sudden a player comes to the podium. So they cut you off. That's not going to happen on this. So. Again, thank you to everybody who's checked out the show. We can't wait for season two. Yeah, I was going to say, while we take our little break here before season two starts, keep sending in your voicemails. Go to the website, thedogspodcast.com. Go to the leave a voicemail and send it to us. We'll, we'll collect them all and we'll play them. You know, we've got... You might have got, a whole episode just doing that. Yeah, we yeah. could do an entire, you know, listener feedback right. show. So, yeah, send them in. We want to hear from you guys. We love hearing the takes and the questions and, yeah, anything you guys got, send it. So we got one more thing we need to take care of before we sign off here for a little well-earned vacation. Uh, we we picked winners all season long, you know, wins and losses for this NFL football season. And not to toot our own horns, but we all got pretty good records. But I think we made a wager at the beginning of the season that the three losers would buy the winner dinner. And uh, Zach wasn't here last week, but I did say that whoever picks the winner of the Super Bowl, it's winner take all. Oh, is that how? <laughs> and I do believe I was the only one who picked the Bucks. And how much of, I looked pretty smart for about a half. I said it was going to be the Bucks in a defensive struggle, and for about you a did. half, that looked yeah. pretty good. There and was then, a defensive struggle just on one side, side of the ball, yeah. Yeah. and then they kind of blew it open. But I just, as you said, I had that. I had that feeling. Yeah. So, but here to review our records quickly. Uh, right. Zach's got them all. So okay, so total record. I ended up coming in first place with a two game victory over Josh. Scorekeeper always uh, wins. One <laughs> one eighty seven uh, and eighty two. Josh one eighty five wins. Coming in third, Justin almost came back out of that out of that seller position. Uh, one seventy seven for Blake. One seventy five. Nice. Ooh. So I mean, it was and all of us. I added it up. Uh, Justin. Even though you came fourth, pick sixty. If we round up sixty-five percent of his games for the whole year, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. We did. We did really good. I thought for picking, and we might change up how we do it next year. We might not pick every game. We might do something different for that. But it was fun getting to talk about some of the other games for I agree. a segment on the show. Yeah, one. You know, feedback for us. What did you like about the show? 
What didn't you like about the show? Do you not care that we picked the teams? Should we cut that out? You know, let us know. We had a lot of fun picking, but this show is for you guys. So that's true. You know, let us know. Let us know what you liked. If you like picking us picking the games, if you didn't like us picking the games, you'd rather us not waste our time. You know, made me feel good about ourselves because <laughs> you know some of the haters out there say, say we don't know what we're talking about. We're picking seventy percent of the games correctly. Right. Uh, so. It looks like we'll all be taking Zach out to dinner. Yeah, at the China King. <laughs> <laughs> How you feel about that? Uh, I'm not a Chinese uh, food guy. No, so. Subway, Subway. We'll be going <laughs> McDonald's awesome. dollar menu. Can't wait. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, if anybody would like to sponsor that meal, no, I'm just playing. Uh, all right, so I think it's time to wrap that up. Uh, thank you for turning in to see- season one finale of The Dogs. Uh, we're going to take a few weeks off, like we said, but we'll be back before the draft to break down any prospects we're interested in as well as any free agents we would like the browns to sign uh, if you have anyone in mind uh, that you want us to take a closer look at and talk about comment on our videos or drop us a voicemail we'd love to get your feedback i've already seen some names thrown out there in the youtube comments we're definitely going to look into those guys uh lastly i just want to remind anyone that may be interested in sponsoring the show to reach out we'd love to work with you uh going into season two that wraps up season one of the dogs again we can't thank you all enough for making this a memorable first season and we can't wait to get back into the studio for season two. Stay tuned. we got some big things coming in season two. Can't wait to tell you guys about it. Uh, we'll see you guys all in a couple weeks.